Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's four minutes past 12. It is Tuesday. It is today. Quite an important day, the 27th of February. Last night, our new Prime Minister, sorry, our new President, rather, announced new cabinet. And um, President Ramaphosa has now shuffled around the cabinet. One thing that we had in the previous regime is that we had many, many cabinet shuffles. And the last two or three were very, very important, especially when the Minister of Finance was changed at the uh, some dark hour in the middle of the night on a, a, towards the end of the year, and the markets reacted very, very negatively to that. The downgrades came thereafter, and all of a sudden, the minister that was taken away from the portfolio of finance minister has now been put back, and we have some sort of s- stability creeping into the markets. But the question is, what happened right after the announcements? How have the markets reacted? And it gives me great pleasure to welcome Titsi Hatendi Makita, who is the Head of Retail Investment Specialist at APSA. Welcome to Chai FM. Good afternoon, Avi, and uh, afternoon to your listeners. Great. Thank you very much. Right. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. What yes. on earth happened last night? How did the market react? Are our investors' um, funds going to benefit from this, or is this just a wait-and-see game? So let's start with what happened last night. Um, this is February has been the most amazing time for anyone in South Africa, or even investors, offshore investors who invest in South Africa. So we, as you've already stated, we've gone through having a new president, um, having Sir Ramaphosa delivering Sona for us, and then having the budget last week, and then now cabinet. So last last night we had cabinet being reshuffled. We had ten ministers being fired, of which um, I, I won't go through names, but there are some who people were really excited to see go. Um, and twenty four out of thirty eight were moved around. So it's quite an important reshuffle, and particularly for the fact that good things came out of it. Nene coming back um, as finance minister, um, Pravin Godan being put at public enterprises, which is very significant. So this is your SOEs and sorting out that public sector and the things that have been going wrong with our state-owned enterprises. Right. Um, so talking about more into that, I think uh, on the negative side, what, what was picked up by the market is David Mabuza being deputy president and not going to the politics of that, he is the deputy um, of the ANC. He's the deputy president of the ANC. So in a way, it makes sense. Um, but then there are questions now as to if anything should happen to Sura Ramaphosa or um, also thinking about how the ANC, the deputy usually becomes the president of the country. So Correct. It's, it's become quite clear where that, that part is going. Um, but then going back to markets and the response. So you'll see that yesterday the rand was trading at around um, 11.60. And then after the announcement, it strengthened to around 11.57. And then <clears throat> this afternoon, we've seen a trading at 11.62. So a slight weakness um, on the day. If we look at bond markets, um, yesterday, bond markets were trading around the close on the 186 bond, which is a benchmark bond, was 801, and right now we're trading at 804. So there is there is quite a bit of indigestion going on in the market. Um, but on the positive side, over the month, you'll see that in the bond market, where offshore investors beginning of February had sold 7 billion year to date, 
Um, they have now actually bought um, four billion year to date, and they bought ten billion in total in February alone. So one can explain that in terms of they started thinking about the rating agencies and Moody's potentially downgrading South Africa, and what that would mean for their industries. So if they um, invest using a benchmark, then they would need to downsize their holdings in South Africa. And the more it begins to look like South Africa is back on the right path, um, they're actually now buying more into the bond market, which is quite positive. And then finally, in markets, also looking at equities. So yesterday was a pretty mundane day. Nothing much was happening. Uh, markets traded sideways. But then this morning, the all shares up 0.5%. Top 40 is also up 0.5%. All sectors are in the green. And one, when one is thinking about this, you'll think um, business confidence will potentially go up with people now having assurances as to where things are going. That's positive for economic growth, and therefore that will lead to higher earnings revisions within the equity market. So I hope that sums it up nicely for you. The long and the short of it, of it, you've just given us a really good story. And the one word that pops into my mind is confidence. I suppose the other word is security. Um, yes. you, you used the interesting phrase of indigestion. In other words, we haven't um, vomited it out like happened previously where we had just been an absolute rejection and markets have gone high haywire. The fact that they've really moved very little um, shows that there's a bit of stability in the market and that uh, people just need times to, to digest and to see what's going on rather than a negative reaction. It's been a more... Um, let's call it a more thoughtful reaction, which is a positive thing. Absolutely. And if one just goes back to um, what became known as Nenegate, when the now finance minister, um, Santa Nene, was removed in 2016, December, we saw bond markets going up 2%. Um, we saw the rand plummeting. We, it was carnage. Everything was red. It could, there was nothing that was positive. So if you look at this now, um, like you said, the movement has been tiny, um, about two or three cents on the rand and two or three basis points here and there on the bonds. So really, it's, it's well received, one would say. Let me ask you just a, a, a question that's maybe not scientific, but this evening in my household, in your household, when you're sitting around the table or just the feeding in the home, do you think we're going to be more upbeat, more positive, less uncertain, less skittish, um, and that will therefore just take away the doubt and create a sense of confidence which will then relate into, I suppose, a knock-on effect of us spending money confidently. Absolutely. So I think there, there is, um, you can take away some negatives from this um, if you're one of those people. But if you want to take away the good news, there is a lot of good news here for consumers, for the general public, for the individuals. Because I would say, starting off with just the, the thinking around uh, a better rand, a stronger rand, helps you to have low inflation. And what does that do? It gives the Reserve Bank room to actually cut rates. 
And that's very positive. So that's positive for us in that our bond rates, our mortgage rates will go down, our car repayments will go down, um, credit card, everything. So, you know, this is the sort of thing that you start thinking about. It actually directly impacts your pockets. And like you said, confidence coming back and people believing that there, there is light at the end of the tunnel if the key ministries are restructured and we actually start seeing those things that we were promised by the president in, in the State of Nation address, then that definitely works out for everyone. Titsi, we've got one problem, and that's called time. I know that you uh, we've already pushed you for that, but thank you so much for that. But before you go, I need an assurance from you that you will come into studio in the not-too-distant future and unpack this up the fast a little bit more. Are you prepared to put your head on the block there? I will do that. <laughs> Great. I'll get so you sh- can definitely pencil me in for that, and we can actually meet in person and spend a bit more time unpacking all these things that um, affect each and every one of us and that people... People sit there and they have no idea what it means. You know, what does it mean for me? It's great that the cabinet was reshuffled, but, you know, ultimately, do I care? Thank you. And that's exactly what it is. I know we've left the question open, but I'm going to start our next show when we get together with those words. Do you care? And we know (laughs) the answer to that. Thank you so much for that. It's a pleasure. Great. Thank you so much. That was Siti Hatedi Amakita, who is the Head of Retail Investments at APSA. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9. In studio, we have somebody who's not a stranger anymore. Um, it is Bianca Buertas from Peregrine Treasury. Bianca, the ministry has changed. You've got people in, we've got people out. And as I said into the intro, I don't know if you heard it outside the studio, we're not here to talk politics because that's not what it's all about. We're here to talk finance, economics, and how this changes. Um, let me start off by saying that Ntlantla Nene, I didn't know much about, and he didn't really have much time to get his hands dirty before he was sent off to a position that didn't exist, and now he's obviously been brought back. But clearly a man of pedigree, a man that the market likes, a man that the country has faith in. Why? I think it's more a matter of who preceded him and who's likely to take over from him. Mm. I mean, similar to what we see, saw with Praveen Gordon, it's not that he brought spectacular results to Treasury. It's rather, is he corrupt? Yes or no. And markets looking for that at the moment. They're looking for someone that's not captured, that has a moral um, foundation to stand on. And that historically you can look back and say, what was the effect he had on the market during his term in office? I mean, if we go back to Trevor Manuel's term in office, we can actually see significant improvement in debt-to-GDP figures. And yes, that might not have been a function of specifically him being in office, more of a macroeconomic stance. But markets are friendlier to people who is not engrossed in political scandal, um, who has quality education behind their names, who understand the fundamentals of what Treasury or what the role of Treasury is in national government and how that actually affects the man on the ground. Or maybe to look at it from the negative point of view, we saw when Minister Nene was removed what the markets did yes. and it took a political giant like um, Provin Gordon to come in. To just to get some stability there. Stability. But you spoke about in education, interestingly, is that um, if you speak about the, the previous, the, the first minister of finance, you speak about Pravin Gordon, they don't have financial backgrounds. Pravin Gordon is a pharmacist by profession. Um, he went into SARS because Nelson Mandela asked him to go there as a personal favor. 
and he revolutionized the most delinquent department in government to something that we all feared because it was so efficient. And it maybe say, you know, plays to exactly what you're saying is that we need people with a moral backbone. We need people that the market can look at and say, that man might or that individual might know nothing about that portfolio. If we give them time to learn, they are committed enough that they can lead forward. Yes, absolutely. And that's why they have massive teams backing them and supporting them in these roles. Yes, but I just you just picked a memory. Do you remember there was a scandal years ago about consultants that were paid for ministries where certain accounting firms, one of which is in a bit of trouble at the moment, really were, were creaming it because you almost had a puppet as the minister and you had these consultants just feeding the information and yet costing us at the taxpayer an absolute fortune. But let, let's park that for a moment. Going forward, um, as we said previously, the market didn't react negatively yesterday. The RAND didn't react negatively yesterday. And this morning, when the news finally broke, we've had a sort of a muted reaction, which a pessimist might say, but it should fly. And the realist will say, yes, but there's no blood on the walls. The market is taking it, and they haven't had a knee-jerk reaction because they're waiting to see, just to understand what the moves mean. But they happy with the moves. But also just besides having blood on the walls, we also need to understand the dynamic that the RAND is in at the moment. I mean, we've had this whole what has been branded as Cyrilphoria in the market. And a lot of these move has, moves has already been priced in. A cabinet reshuffle was highly anticipated. Market geared itself for this move already. Last night, leading up to the announcements, um, the RAND retreated all the way back to about 11.52. This morning we're seeing, or this afternoon we're seeing a trading back up to about 11.66. And a lot of people would say, yes, but it's weakened from where it was last night. Now these movements, 10 cents movements in the RAND is minor compared to what we normally see when there is a massive political event. The last time you and I sat here, it was a 2 Rand 50 move. Precisely. It, it really, 10 cents movement in the market shows that market has already priced in this risk, um, in this case, positive sentiment. And markets has already positioned itself and geared itself for cabinet reshuffle. The only shocks that basically came to market is who got what positions, even though that has been largely speculated on in, in the months leading up to this in, in any case. Is it saying to us that our fundamentals are in place, that we basically are a free society when it comes to financial markets, that political milieu plays an effect, but the fact that it's been already been factored in, it then happened, and we didn't have a wobbly, really shows the maturity of our country. Absolutely. Um, I think there is a bit of disposition in the market for a RAND bias at, or a RAND strength bias at the moment. Um, if you go and you look at economic factors such, such as inflation, economic activity, trade balance deficit, that type of stuff, the RAND is actually fair value is closer to about 13 RAND. Okay. Um, and that's purely taking into account mathematics. I mean, you can't price in serophoria, for instance, into your model. Um, so the RAND is currently overbought. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. And it's not necessarily something that's going to come to an abrupt end. Currently, the markets are enjoying the moves. There's no blood on the walls. They're absorbing and kind of getting a feel for what Sarah stands to do within Parliament. And that will once again be tested this afternoon with the land reform um, conversation taking place. Well, I, on the way here, I was listening to that conversation. And the thing that got me, and I know we're off topic slightly, is that 
How many people actually genuinely care about the land question? Or is there an election in 2019 coming and all of a sudden you've got this jostling? We know one thing for certain. If you want to crash an economy, take away title to land. Absolutely. And all of a sudden you have, you look what Brazil did, they did just the opposite. They took the favelas, they gave people title to shacks. And it boosts economic growth because all of a sudden you have an asset that you can that you can gear against. Um, I know I'm giving a very cursory look at it, but my personal opinion is that the moment you mess around with title ownership to property that is just and fair and legal, you're going to have a Zimbabwe on your hands. Absolutely. Opening up a whole can of worms there as to how did I come into possession of the land? Did I legally buy it? Did it get handed down to me from my forefathers? Um, and that's the debate that I think will transpire in Parliament this afternoon. And I think we can see a bit of a, re- a reaction to the to the RAND, um, but nothing significant. I mean, these talks have been taking place in SONA. And even though the Constitution already makes provision for reappropriation of land, it just hasn't been tested to the max by the ruling party. That, that's exactly it. Coming back to the RAND, because that's where your area of, of expertise is. When you woke up this morning and you heard the news or saw the news or walked into the office and everybody looked at you and said, Bianca, what's, what's your, what does your gut feel? How do you feel about the RAND going forward? And I'm asking in a very superficial level, let's not talk about trade deficits. Let's not talk about macroeconomic. Just the average Joe in the street who's looking to buy dollars or shekel or pound because they're going overseas. What's your feeling? What's Peregrine's house view going forward? So house view is definitely that there is a positive bias in the market at the moment. We're trading at levels. Last night we went down to the lowest level we've seen in three years. Um, is it, however, sustainable? No. In the short term, we will continue seeing the, la- the RAND rally based on these moves in political elements because, unfortunately, in the current environment, you can't separate markets from politics. It's one and the same at the moment. However, based on just purely where we should be versus where we are, the RAND will set to weaken moving into um, the second and third quarter of the year. Um, but will it weaken to fifteen, sixteen rand a dollar? Absolutely not. We'll probably see it go back to about the twelve eighty thirteen level. So if you're a betting man and you can legally get your hands on some dollars, now's the time to do it. I would absolutely purchase dollars now. Where do we do that? Now no Dakim will discuss it. <laughs> okay. Um Bianca, the the Rand is really the the, 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 the currency of South Africa and it really is a barometer as to how well we're doing and how well we're not doing. The fair value is 13. We're sitting now, as I speak to you, at 11.61. So that's roughly where we are. So we've got a little bit of a, 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 a hedge over there because it's not sitting where it should be. It's got a bit of a, a good feel a story built into it, and it's a little bit ahead of time. How does that affect trading in the short term? People are looking to buy goods. You and I are going to go to the shop sometime this month, and a good portion of what we buy is going to be imported. Does that RAND strength affect us on a day-to-day basis? Yes, it filters through in A, the pricing of goods and services. Obviously, you don't see that effect immediately. gets filtered into CPI. And then also, and for, you didn't want to mention it, but the current account balance in South Africa speaks to that. Um, it is, at the end of the day, a positive for South Africans because we are an import-driven economy. However, if we are looking to stimulate trade and industry in South Africa, we would like to see the RAND be slightly weaker because that means our goods and services that we are exporting actually becomes cheaper for the rest of the world. 
And what that relates to is employment. Ultimately, our mines are the biggest employer in the country, the uh, farming exports, etc., etc. So when we talk about a strong rand, in a way it's a very narrow view because the country needs a slightly weaker currency in order for our exports to be more attractive. But what is best for the country? If you had to put the two of them on a scale on either end, ultimately, what is best for the country, a stronger rand or a weaker rand? I think I would be a bit biased on that end, and I would suggest that the weaker rand is slightly better for the country. So, yes, it is a a barometer of economic activity. It shows us how stable we are. But if you can get a slightly weaker rand, and it comes down to balance, I suppose, if you can have a slightly weaker rand, but that is not as erratic as we've seen the rand to be over the past two or three years, then you can find an economy where we can balance our imports with our exports and we can grow both sides of the spectrum, stimulate the economy, provide for the people on the street, but also ensure that those people are are employed at the end of the day by stimulating exports. So we no longer have a gold standard, so we can't peg the the currency. Um, Am I correct in saying that the free floating of the currency at the moment as it is is indicative of a healthy state of affairs. Absolutely. Right. I tell you what, I think we need to have a a quick break because we came in there uh, quite abruptly. Let's take a quick break if that's possible. We'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 27 minutes past 12 on the day that our new cabinet has been inaugurated, has been put in place. The Prime Minister, the President, sorry, I've just come from Israel, so I'm getting the two, um, the two mixed up, has um, announced the new um, the cabinet. The one that we on the show are really most focused on is Nganplanele, who is the new Minister of Finance, because that really brings stability to the market. We've also discussed that RAND weakness is slightly better for our country, whereas RAND strength really shows that we're upbeat and that we're happy and that people just want to spend more money. But when we look at the markets, and now I'm talking about equity markets, the stock exchange, that's up today 0.55. The most important thing is that it's not down because the moment the last um, cabinets were announced, we had a negative. But then when I run on the markets, almost um, like a bipolar view of what was going on. If you looked at things politically, we were in the biggest mess that we ever got in. I think we hit the bottom. And people were aware that there was no place to hide. There was nowhere to go. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, I think the markets ignored the political noise and, and gave it a, 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 a – let the fundamentals do their thing. But in your opinion, how much longer is this euphoria going to last? And once it wears off, are we going to be left naked, exposed, or are there fundamentals in place and we have real value? Firstly, to address your first question in terms of the serophoria that's currently taking place on the market, I don't see it lasting much longer than the next month or two. And I'll give you a short and cryptic answer or reasoning behind that is if you look at what happened last night and the the cabinet members that were announced into certain positions, it shows that there is a trade-off between republic and party. Irrespective of who's the president of the party, there will always be that trade-off and politics will always be politics. Okay, that became very clear in some of the some of the positions held last night. However, if you look at the greater global market out there, South Africa, how we're performing in relation to our peers, South Africa certainly has the fundamentals in place. We've got 
good yield on our bonds at the moment. We're starting to see an uptick in economic growth, which is in line with global economy uptrends. And then also we've got rallying commodity prices, which has always been a key indicator of what South Africa is going to be or heading into um, with those, that rally in prices. Um, emerging markets has come under slightly pressure from the dollar being stronger. But all in all, the emerging market index has been up 1% this week alone. It's the second week concurrently being up. So that speaks to the fundamentals, not only in South Africa, but in emerging markets itself. Commodities. It's something that worries me because you can see prices of certain miners go down to cents and then go up to double-digit rands in a short period of time. And they do that repeatedly. So when the cycle is negative, they share jobs, they sell assets, da-da-da-da, the market panics, they go down. Then all of a sudden they gear, they get ready, the market comes back up. They are now running on the bare bones, the commodity price goes up, and they make, you know, the, the returns are there. Is this not a bubble or just a cycle that we're seeing on the commodity prices? Because it's very recent. Commodity prices always run in a cycle. I mean, we've just come out of a very poor performing cycle for the commodity prices, and now we're in an upticking trend again. Obviously, as with any business, mining is a business, and there will be ups and downs. Um, the best thing that South Africa can do is take advantage of when we are actually peaking and then gear ourselves efficiently so that we don't falter too much when the commodity cycle is at a low. So it's a matter about running it like a business, Absolutely. making sure your overheads are trimmed, everything, all your costs are accounted for. So when the bear time or the, the, the lean times comes that, you, that, you, that you're ready for it. But again, that plays back to what we said earlier, that a weaker rand would suit that. So increased commodity prices together with the weak rand is good for miners. It's good for miners, absolutely. Anyone specific, any commodity specific, is it gold, is it platinum, is it, or is it across the board? It's across the board. We've seen the oil price come under a bit of pressure, but that's purely because of stockpiles in the U.S. And that has been an ongoing argument. How much stock do we keep? How much do we flush the market? How do we actually drive the oil price? And, I mean, that is pure manipulation, whether we sit on stockpiles or whether we don't. Um, but if you look at the rest of the commodity market, you will see that mostly investors look at gold to see where is this, the balance in the market. Are we actually putting our money into dollars or are we putting our money into gold at the end of the day? Um, I do think that increases increases in interest rates in the state is going to put pressure on gold prices and as such put pressure on the commodity cycle, depending on the industrial cycle we're seeing in the market. If countries continue to invest into infrastructure development, there will be a continuous demand for commodities. However, if we don't see that uptick in industrialization, we will actually see a decline in commodity prices in shorter bursts. Isn't China the driver of that index. Absolutely. Um, but becoming less and less so. If you look at China historically, they were completely an industrial-driven economy. Now they're becoming consumer-driven. So if you look at Shanghai 10 years ago, there was nothing. If you look at Shanghai today, it's high rises all over the place. But you only have so much room for development and so much room to put up these skyscrapers until you run out of space. Um, currently, if you look at the commodities they're consuming, they're still consuming about 50% of the global um, commodity output. However, that is moving more into food sources now than really hard metals. At the end of the day, you've created this industrialization. People's standard of living has increased. You've used the commodities to build, but now you need to sustain. Absolutely. And that's where 
the one will lead then into the other. It's very interesting to see how, you know, China many years ago was a backwater. It was a communist place that no one even cared about. Everything was made in Hong Kong. Everything was made in South Vietnam, etc., etc. All of a sudden, it moved to China. And it's amazing just to see how they have grown. I know there's a lot of uncertainty I saw this morning on the markets with um, leadership there becoming a little bit too old-fashioned communistic. But I think that's just a wait-and-see game. Um, the, I think the other concern we have with China is that there's a, lot of, there's a lack of trust with their reporting. So we get figured, and if it was July two years ago, we had a bit of a market dip where all of a sudden it came out that China was crashing. It wasn't crashing. It was just a readjustment of the correct figures. So yes. people actually knew what the values were. But speed as it may, there are billions of people consuming, and that has to have a knock-on, a knock-on effect. And they're adding about 25 million newborns a year. 25 million newborns a, a, a 25 year. 25 million. Uh, that's half the South African population that they're adding on an annual basis. I was quickly thinking about Botswana. I think it'll take Botswana 10 years to catch up in total population. I don't think I'll ever catch up to one-year growth in China. In China. It's almost, it's, it's, it just goes to show how things work. But the more that population grows, the more it needs to be fed. So that's Absolutely. the whole other thing that comes into it. Bianca, just before we leave in the next few minutes, is there anything that you want to discuss on, on the broader picture of the RAND um, and you know, close with that? I would actually just like to issue a word of caution to market. I mean, in South Africa... You have to be positive. Not I am positive. I'm very upbeat about where we are. And I think it is a major milestone within the ruling party and in South African politics. However... We need to be cautious as to how much sentiment are we attaching to this one man in power in particular. Not all rallies can continue. Everything that goes up comes down. And I would like to issue a word of caution to everybody out there that if you are waiting for the rain to go to 10, you are going to get burned. You know, make use of the current um upside that we're seeing in the market make use of this positive sentiment if you do have anything that you need to address pay for in foreign currency optimize the the currency that situation that we're using at the moment or that we find ourselves in at the moment don't wait for it to go to 10 it's not going there and i may add on what you're saying those of you who've you know wanted to not speculate but maybe invest in currencies you're now hearing it clearly that this is a buying opportunity. Um, there is no way that I'm giving advice and there is no ways that I'm encouraging you. But what I am saying is that we often turn around and said, oh, the commodity ready. If I'd only known, I would have got involved. Well, you heard today that it's starting and it's running. So when it peaks and then it starts coming down, you only have yourself to blame because you heard it here on the money show that that's what's going to happen. The RAND is at a very strong point below its fundamental value. If you want to buy a currency, now would be a good time to do it. How you go about doing it, maybe give Peregrine a call and they'll tell you how to do it without getting yourself on the wrong side of the law. But these are the opportunities that come together with euphoria, together with solid fundamentals. But you are of the clear belief, Bianca, that we're not going to see 10. Definitely not going to see 10. There's no support for 10 at the moment. Um, we can go down to 11.50, maybe even if we're very lucky, see 11.45. But eventually this rally has to wear off. So are you saying that we're sitting now at a stretched rand? 
Absolutely, it's the lowest we've seen in in three years. Well, that that's irrelevant. Not sorry, to, not not to be cheeky. Not that it's the so the three years is, but you're saying that really fundamentally it shouldn't be. Fundamentally, it shouldn't be. Uh, this is all sentiment driven, and uh, with anything, sentiment eventually wears off. Ramaphosa can only impress for that long until the the division within the ANC starts filtering through, and we need to revert back to what is happening in South African um, economy. Are we seeing GDP growth? Are we seeing a reduction in employment? And I think the important thing to do, and I'm quickly looking for it here, is who, what our new minister of mineral of mining is going to do. And I'm feeling a little bit silly because for some reason I've got the chart in front of me, but I just cannot see it. Do you think that charter went through the shredder this morning? The mining charter. I I I don't think went through the shredder. Maybe it's just going to get lost. Maybe it'll just just go away, and then we'll sit down and we'll relook at it and we'll say. One needs to address the imbalances of the past. One needs to empower people. One needs to give those without a voice a voice. But we can't do it if you don't have money. And you can't do it at the expense of the economy. Because at the end of the day, if you cripple the economy, you cripple the people. Ultimately, I wish we could just separate politics and reality. But they will always be intertwined. And they will always overshadow one another. But the reality is that if we do not have a solid mining charter that encourages foreign investment, that gives security to those working in the mines, that just allows us to grow and develop, then I think it will be the best place for everybody. Absolutely. Great. Bianca, as always, thank you for coming in. I know it was short notice because we weren't going to talk about this today because that wasn't what it was. But, Michelle, thanks for thinking on your feet and changing the show slightly. Thank you, thank you everybody, for listening. Next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a bit of a feedback. I've just spent a week in Israel. Um, I wasn't there on a business trip, and I was not there on an economic overview trip. But one can't help but see things. One can't but help get a speak to different people. And what I found very, very interesting there, Bianca, is that there's an eclectic mix of third world and first world. The world runs parallel side to side. You've got a mosque that's been there for hundreds of years right next to a brand new building, and they're both in pristine condition. So not that the old is neglected and forgotten. Um, you drive past major roadworks that start at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of peak tra- tra- traffic, but you drive past the next morning and you can't even see that anybody had worked there. Whereas in South Africa, we tend to, these things tend to go on for days and days and days and things work. It's claustrophobic and it's cramped and, but the robots work. And to me, the most important thing is the mindset of the people. Um, I often found myself staring at a robot, looking around and thinking, I can see there are no cars coming and just crossing. And people looking at me like, what are you doing? And I just thought, you know, we have dropped our lowest common denominator as the way we conduct ourselves in this country, where the fact that the robot's red and there's no cars coming is an invitation to cross the road, whereas overseas in Israel and Israelis are not short of attitude, they definitely wouldn't do it. So I just found that interesting. So what I want to try and do for next week is just to see how that translates into the business world. But Bianca, thank you for coming in. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll speak to you next week.